Um, like, I, I think I kind of deduced why people were mad at the first Hello, and welcome to Pixel Pines. We are the only global gaming podcast that talks about two great things, which is good beer and video games. I'm your host, Mitch. McWumble is away, so you get me and this esteemed panel where we stream live here on twitch.tv slash pixelpines every single weekend. If you want to know when we go live, except for this weekend, unfortunately, because I don't have the Twitter account, that is Matt and Keith's job, and neither of them are here to help me out. Uh, that... Um, if you want to know where we go live, you can follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore pints or follow us on Instagram, which we just post pictures of beer and other fun images on Instagram, which is at pixel pints pod. We stream every single weekend on Twitch. It's archived on Twitch, but we also archive on YouTube. So we should go to YouTube, search pixel pints where that little nice mug. If you're an, if you're a visual watcher, it's right there. That little icon at the bottom the circled one. And that's the one you want to look for. If you are an audio listener, you just search Pixel Pints and it's just a, a white mug with two different kinds of green toned backgrounds in a circle. And we're on every podcasting service around the globe. I'm joined by two great people. Actually, people that usually aren't on the show very much. So this two is going to be interesting. It's, great. it's like the, 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 the fine beard podcast of Pixel Pints, I would say. You know, they come once in a blue moon. Uh, so I'm joined by all the way in the East coast. I got Mike's Q with me right here. How are you doing? Hey, how's it going? It, it's good. It's good. Um, I know it's early for you and I, I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate when everyone, even though they bail on it, chooses this time. Cause then I actually get to participate because in my life I can, when I have uh vomitous kids getting me up at three. I can't get up at three to start a podcast. <laughs> I know. I, I, I've been so happy. We've kind of had a rotation of, of different kinds of times as of late so that you could be on the show. So I always appreciate you always have a, a, a fine taste of interesting things to say. So it's always nice to have you on. And then I'm always joined by the one and only Liam from across the pond. How are you doing? Yeah, doing good. Um, further east, and 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 also further in the day. Um, yeah, but things are fine here in the UK. Should probably say Liam slash Hogwarts Legacy hopeful. Is that is that a good quote? <laughs> yeah, honestly, Mitch, um, like the only thing I've been able to think about, and it got so bad that yesterday I was checking my PlayStation to see if the freaking pre-download had started. <laughs> and I was like, why, why am I looking? <laughs> I mean, I personally will not be buying a new copy. I will buy a used copy so that the developer gets yeah. some money because they'll get it from the person that originally purchased it. But then my dollar does not go to J.K. Rowling. Yeah. But yep. totally respect to people that will buy a full new copy. I, I, I mean, yeah. I don't want to hurt the dev too. It's, it's a tricky situation. But I am, I am uh, interested. Do what you gotta do. Yes, I'm also interested in the reviews because it is starting to look better as I see it more and more. Um, still want to know what the classes are like, so I will wait till reviews tell me, which will be interesting. But anyway, we are here. We talk uh -huh. about. Two great things, good beer and video games. So we're gonna talk about beer first. That's it. Unless no one has beer, um, it is I too early for me. I have two beers to talk about. Okay, go I for it. I didn't want to pop them open. I am going to bring up. All right, it's going to be. Oh, in the future, this, if you send is, me, if you this send is me, why I should be on more often. <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, um, Mike, in the future, if you want to send me that image over our Discord, I'll make sure the image gets on the show. All right. So first, this is a uh, Mahal, Mahal beer. Um, I was waiting for my delicious sandwich and waffle fries to be cooked up at a place. But next door, there was a, a, a beer auditorium. Um, so I was browsing around the international section. And 
for uh, $6 for a four-pack of pints. They had this Spanish uh, Spanish premium beer. And I said, five-star taste. I was like, ooh, that can't be that bad for, for a buck and a quarter for a pint. Um, so I got that. And it actually, what was weird is it tasted almost like a blend of PBR and Newcastle Brown Ale was the notes that I got from this Spanish beer. And so it was decent, but I did have to make the joke to myself, five-star taste, hmm? out of how, how many? <laughs> so um, it was good. It was, a, it was a very crisp, light like light beer, um, or on the lighter side, not a light beer. And uh, that was an interesting taste, because I'm like, this must be like one of those brands that would be like your very domestic cheap like rather cheap beer over in Spain but it made it across here for some reason and uh so that was uh interesting and then but then I followed it up with a to the left other left <laughs> uh 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 well, eventually I'll get there it's okay it's okay Sullivan Sullivan yeah. like red was, Sullivan yeah it was a Sullivan's malting Irish red and that was an incredibly delicious um incredibly delicious like malted body uh malted body red ale I was appreciative of it because actually hold on my son is crushing saltines and spreading them across the floor <laughs> Sullivan 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 at first, I was going If that beer is made by Victor Sullivan, I, I would totally drink that. If um, only, if only that happened. <laughs> the um, the more and more I've like grown on, the actually less I've enjoyed the really multi beers, at least the low quality, very multi beers. Uh, but this one had this wonderful body to it. Um, on top of like the kind of crisp red ale, so like think, you know, like a, uh, what's the was the the only like red ale like killian's irish red yeah like, pretty like, much um think killian's but like with a lot more like spice and notes swirling with it and it had it wouldn't be one i would drink every day but it had a wonderful it was a wonderful change of pace uh to get an irish beer that isn't just um a stout out alike which are fine like that's perfectly fine but this is a uh, enjoying a different brand so that's what i had yesterday nice I don't. I just have a lot of you this morning. It's early, <laughs> again. I usually, always have a beer on the late show, so this is not the late show. This is the morning show for me. So, um, all right, let's all do each do two shots, and we'll pretend to be um, <laughs> uh, what's his name in Japan? Evan. Uh, Evan. We'll, we'll all pretend to be Evan. <laughs> I just. I need a. I need a. I need a chalkboard behind me, or else I can't be Evan. Uh, <laughs> all right, getting to the topic at hand. Now, a friend of, actually, a friend of ours, Mike, because we both have worked with this person, um, we're both, Shane Satterfield, a good friend of ours, uh, brought up an interesting discussion. And now this is not, we're, we are doing this and because this is an interesting topic to bring up, not because we're saying that this person is right or wrong. Let's just put that out at the forefront. But we're trying to say is uh, they brought up an interesting thing that um, I think would bring up a, a fascinating topic for us, which is they were playing the Dead Space remake. And what ended up happening was they came to a realization that they felt as if games, because Dead Space, what the original Dead Space was made in like 2012. Am I right with that date? No, that was 2018. Sorry, 8, 2008. Yeah, 2008, 2008, okay. Uh, okay. It was even older. Okay, so 2008. And he was saying 15 not, not, not quite as egregious as The Last of Us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, basically what they were trying to say, he was trying to say is that playing that game, it, to him, felt like playing a modern game. So to him, the industry has not innovated. Which then begs the question, do you agree? Do you think over the last, since the PS3 generation, that the game industry has not truly innovated? 
the very simple carte blanche answer is, of course, I think they've innovated, but the methods in which they've had to do it are very different from the of the very noticeable um, the very noticeable changes of say going from an oscilloscope to a television to from black and white to color from color to um, uh, two dimensions of movement instead of just one um, and all all that all those different like super noticeable visual things uh, I'd say it is harder and harder to tell um, what was really funny is I was playing to me what didn't look like the most amazing game like I mean it looks great it, like, it looks great but it wasn't like I would say oh this is the uh, the tech piece I would show someone to illustrate how like video games have come along I was just playing Miles Morales and my wife walks in she's like that city looks so good oh my god like oh my gosh and and i was like you're right it does look good i know things that look better but to her who doesn't who isn't playing these every week mm -hmm. she was blown away by how miles morales from two years ago or whatever looked and she's right it is a gorgeous game and like in a way the um the more realistic stuff was impressive to her where like she watched me watch it rat play ratchet and clank and she she wasn't as impressed or whatever, but I kind of like the visual. I, they're both insomniac. I just realized, but um, <laughs> um, I, I appreciate your wife for playing Ratchet and Clank. She watched me. She play. watched him play. Oh, okay. she doesn't play. I appreciate you, then. I just appreciate you. She, she you, you, <laughs> if anything, you should be appreciating Matt's wife because she's the one that plays games out of the group's wifeies. <laughs> the um... oh no, she she plays Dragon Age. I, sorry, sorry, Matt. <laughs> the um, but. So anyway, so uh, different things have innovated in different ways, but but yeah, the uh, there hasn't been the catastrophic leaps in the last fifteen or so, like so years, like because you could you can draw lines to the past from basically all the games that we have. It's really hard to uh, it's really hard to say like this thing in no way, shape, or form could have existed 10 or 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. Most games like couldn't do that. Like, yes, the like the tech actually wouldn't allow for different things, but you're like, okay, like I could find an analog, but yeah, like in that sense, he is right. It hasn't innovated um, as dramatically, but I definitely think it is innovated. Um, is that all that innovation for the better? Not necessarily. I think that there are some innovations that's, I, I don't particularly appreciate, but some of it is how the industry has survived, and it's just how, like it or not, how the mass of people who enjoy video games has pushed the medium. And so you, you're like, you might want to be like a contrarian, like, oh, I'm against the flow, or I'm like, then go play indie games and stuff like that. But you're not going to get the same level of experiences. Um, and I, I, I try and keep use of that word to a podcast because <laughs> it is it is an industry uh clarion call but i have some more points but i th that was my kind of opener um his his overture what's your overture uh liam um well i i would agree with him pretty much in every way in fact he, he said it far more um intelligently than i was thinking <laughs> in my head so that was quite helpful um <laughs> But also, at the same time, it's kind of strange, because Dead Space is the game in question. And to me, that would have been an excellent example of the innovation we've seen over the past years. Because I, I played the original game recently, and and while it's a fantastic game that holds up really well, um, there are a few key differences in the remake that really make it stand out, and really show you how far we've come since then, I would say, personally. I think, um, you know, better graphics are always a nice thing, but but when the graphics are actually enhancing the experience, like with the lighting effects, the shadow quality, um, like they even have an addition to the gameplay in Dead Space Remake where you can decide uh, what to put power in before you enter a room. So you can make the room darker, thus more scary. Um, you can make sure the lights are on, less scary. But just, just having the lights off, 
and having the amazing shadow work and the amazing like lighting where it's dark you know you couldn't do that in games like 10 years ago and have it be so dark and still be able to see what you're doing in quite the same way you know it gives you that sense of darkness but but it doesn't uh, take away from the the experience in a way that makes it annoying to play um and i, I just think oh that's enhancing the horror and uh and and also just just making the environment feel real, and making it more scary because the more real it is, the more scary it is, and yeah, just loads of other little details like that. I think part of it in a way that uh, maybe to a point that Dead Space two and three did not reach. Yeah, but Dead Space one was certainly not free. <laughs> well, I was gonna say Dead Space one in a way was ahead of the pack in a lot of different other things at the time. Yeah, and so. Yeah. And so, in a way, if you're like, well, this is a 2008 game, well, most people weren't doing stuff like this. Like, this was an exceptional game of 2008. Mm -hmm. And sure, and so you're saying, oh, it hasn't innovated the best of 2008. The average hasn't caught up, like, as very far beyond or whatever. I'm like, okay, I could see, I could see that argument. Like, you... Um, I'm trying to I, just think of like standout well, innovation games or well or, i think just overall like yes i'm in agreement with you both i also think like you know the industry innovated has innovated in ways that it needed to innovate and that just because it's innovated in those areas doesn't mean it needs to keep innovating in that specific area so like an example is like we went from 2d to 3d does not mean we have to go to 4d that's not that's not, that's not considered. It means we have to innovate in that. My direction. argument is that we're already we're already in 4D. People just don't acknowledge it because you are spending time, and time is passing in these games because that's what the 5D gaming is actually like. What people are talking uh, about, where you're adding something because we're already spending the fourth dimension, which is time. So I think also science nit nitpick, but that doesn't oh, okay. really matter. That makes sense. Um, I'm I'm still <laughs> waiting for the. Nerve gear, like, yeah, go straight into my brain. Yeah. I mean, but I also see the industry. I see the industry innovating, but in doing it in different, subtler ways. Uh, like my example, I could use right now is like, okay, it's a, a small spoiler for the beginning of God of War, but it's not going to make or break the bank. Is you know, you die in a boss battle, and then the boss revives you back to life. Like that is that it. That literally plays. <laughs> that that plays with your expectation of how we think of games. That's innovative. That's creative. That's something that I wouldn't think about doing. That was one of my favorite parts of that game. I was 100%. Same here. It's something I'll never forget in being able to do that to the player and like to convince you that as like, because when that happened, I was utterly confused. Like I did something wrong and I thought I did everything right. I missed a kitty. Yeah, I was like, what is going what's going on? I was very confused. So like I think the, the industry is just the industry will find more ways to innovate, but I think it's through the creativity of the games and not necessarily the hardware. And I think that's where the difference is going to come in when we get into innovation. It's like what do we do with the technology that is with the, that we have at our fingertips? to create the games, not necessarily what's the technology that is put into the consoles. Um, so like my example would be like the consoles allowed us to play in 3d because they were built to be able to do so. Like yeah. we're not going to have consoles in my imagination <laughs> built to like do 5d. <laughs> like that's just, that's just <laughs> way too extreme right now. It's expensive. It's not effective. Right. And if you go to like one of those quote unquote 4D theaters, even though it's 5D, um, so if you go to those 4D theaters, like it's just not, it's not a good experience. Like I've been in one of those. It's like your chair moves, you have mist spraying in your face. It's just not as a pleasant experience as you would think it would be unless you were actually there. In the back. Yeah, seriously. It's just not, um, it's not the experience you expect it to be. So like, I think, if the industry is going to continue to innovate, which I think it has been innovating, um, it's just going to have to be in a different direction. Yeah. And you know, Mitch, um, so, so sorry. Um, <laughs> going off of your point that you made about God of war, which, I, which I thought was a really good point because, uh, 
I don't know, you just bringing that up uh, made me remember that part of the game and put a huge smile on my face. Um, but I think since 2008, like, specifically, and, and even before then, I think there's one part of video games that's um, that's innovated m more than any other sort of part of video games, and that's storytelling. Storytelling in video games. The way that games can tell stories. you know, And, and in video games, you can tell stories in a way that no other form of media can. And they're, they're coming to grips with that. They're learning, oh, we can evoke this emotion in this person in a way that somebody wouldn't be able to evoke this emotion in a person whilst they're watching a film or a TV series or reading a book, you know, and... I could also argue for accessibility. Well, well exactly, yeah. Um, that more than anything, really. Especially in the last five years. Yeah, um, and, and but, I mean, and the biggest... Mm -hmm area of innovation monetization you can spend almost any type of unit of currency in almost any type of conceivable way for things that benefit you benefit others detract from others but the choice is there for you you can pay and you can play or you can play for free that's an innovative Thanks, thing Frank, free games yeah, are not, not pay, free not games at all free yeah, games like, are not there Ten Slice years away ago. My, uh, my facetiousness like, that, that that is an innovation being able to give in a way is like something more than a demo more than a, a like a beta or whatever to someone and it actually be full-fledged and the, the way the system works kind of a socialist system of the people with willing to spend more money actually keeping a thing alive Whereas the people who either don't want to or cannot spend that amount of money still feeling like they got a full-fledged experience. Look, look, little Mike is trying to say something right now. And he's trying to tell you, look at the innovation in that controller right there. Look how far we've come since the DualShock 3. <laughs> Not that far. This is just an Xbox One controller. Uh, okay. Oh, okay, okay. Wrong controller. But, Go get him a dual sense. Then you'll then you'll be happy but, but, with the innovation with that haptic. Smart young man was trying to make such a good point. He, yeah. No, this, this he's Chomper McChomperson. I cannot keep any of my good controllers near him. He has removed two rubber caps from uh, old DualShock Four controllers, like ir irreparably. Uh, you know, just like, show him the original Resident Evil. I'll scare the crap out of him, and he'll never play. And then he'll never touch a controller again. <laughs> Got to start him young. That's why we're the parents, Mitch. <laughs> I did to his credit. He sat with me on my lap um, willingly and like pointing and exclaiming for like about an hour and a half straight of me playing Astrobot's Rescue Mission. Mm, nice. Da the daughter would sit and give me advice and say, get that thing. Pull that thing. Get him. You should give um, him, and... give her the controller. Oh, no, I did. All the parts that I, she's just barely three, mm. like she's tall and fast or whatever but um but all the parts that were just so like zip up the uh like zip up the things i let her do all those all the blowing things i let her mm. do those when it was time to do the gotcha game for like the triggers to pull and crush yeah i let her do all those and she loved it she loved oh, that's it. good oh and actually that perfectly segues to this yes it ends up being a niche when it isn't fully adopted but the innovation in the feedback that you receive via things like the DualSense controller in different games. Some might call them a gimmick or whatever, and I'm like, and I understand that. But there are some stuff like playing through that game, I'm like, this is great. I hate what it's doing doing to my battery life on this controller, but all the uh, the tactile back and forth and using the different things and like the monkey grabbing section where you have to like very lightly grab Otherwise, you'll crush the uh, the handhold for some different sections, like that stuff. Like that is great, and um, my uh, my kind of like cap, like not not my entire cap, but the main thing that I wanted to get at is that innovation for this genre for this genre and this industry is so highly dependent on how much you are participating. And how often you are participating in this industry. Because someone um, who jumps in once every year or once every... Hold on. He's, he's powered on the controller. 
<laughs> like and different like things keep popping up. I'm like, why? He's ready to play Halo. He's like, I want to play Halo Infinite. <laughs> Let me get on that multiplayer. Okay. There we go. I rendered it inert and safely. Um, childproof. The... <laughs> Controllers need childproof buttons. New innovation. <laughs> uh, we. Um. No, no, you break TVs. <laughs> That's Fair not enough. childproof. The wristband. wristband. Uh, so, oh, it. If you are someone who plays like you know once a week, once a month, or whatever, or you are dipping in and getting a new game like once or twice a year, or sometimes even for like like my wife, like just casually observing the games played by someone else, like going over back to her parents' house and seeing her brothers play something or whatever, you would be blown away by the changes and innovations that happen in games. But for someone way more steeped in it, like I completely understand, like like Shane, like if you are literally chewing this up every single day, like it's going to, you are going to run into bland flavors and you're going to recognize patterns and notes that, Maybe someone else wouldn't, and you might say, like, where's the innovation? What have I done? Like, why aren't they doing anything? And it's, and it's, I think, partially just a, 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 a byproduct of choosing that industry. Because I think if you chose almost any industry, like, even if you loved that industry, you'd be like, yeah, like, we've gone through a period of stagnation. There, are no, Not much hasn't changed or not much has changed. And when you do see something small, you kind of latch onto it like, oh, there's a change. It's not a huge one, but it's a big change or, 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 but it's a noticeable change. Um, and that's, that's just my, my main thing. Cause, cause I was thinking about it, like a bunch of glib examples or whatever, but I was like, like books, the way you enjoy it, like who's, who's innovated on books recently? <laughs> like, 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 uh, I'm like, and would you knock a book for being a book and telling a, a, a four act story? It was excellent, but it didn't innovate. Like, like I, I didn't like, there wasn't like raised texture on the, so I could stroke the letters and feel a part of the story. Like, like holographic shimmer, but like there are some industries that there are going to be a perceivable cap until limitation in way, yeah until in a way till another industry in a way replaces it so like, like I, I would say the innovation on books is narrative like audiobooks that's the innovation yeah, yeah. like yeah that's was, that's that's basically exactly. how far you could take it like i enjoy the harry potter books because i get read i get read by an audio like really great <laughs> audio guy who, who, by by the, the lovely tones of Stephen Fry. Thank you. Yeah. English accent. Yes. He, yeah, he does like an amazing I, job of reading that book. And I would never just like read it cold hard because I'd rather listen to the audio version. Exactly. Exactly. Like, um, and, and Matt himself uh, brought up like different examples. Like he was using film and stuff like that. And I was like, yeah, there's going to be some industries. Like, like oh, my very first one is like, are you going to complain that no one has innovated on the cheeseburger in about 90 <laughs> years? Are you going to not enjoy a cheeseburger anymore? I mean, no. technically like, they it, do innovate on the cheeseburger by putting in the craziest new slaws and stuff, but like it's it's still oh, the yeah. same base cheeseburger. Yeah. It's like, like video games. Like you it's still a base genre game. Like you have a third yeah. person action adventure game, you have a a platformer, you have a horror game. Like it's I I want to even compare the games industry currently to the movie industry where it's like yes do we have subtle innovations in technology where it allows us to do better storytelling in different ways like can we have a movie like Avatar that is just super high budget CG all over the place 3D yeah but then we also can have like a really good horror movie that is innovative because of its writing and that would be something like Cabin in the Woods where it's yeah. like it's has some cg built into it but it's like it's innovative for the fact that of it like it's creative writing and storytelling plays off the genre and that's just something that's nuanced and new whereas like video games like nowadays it's like the world is bigger that could be an innovation for that game like it, like 
to the to Ubisoft's credit, though I don't like it. Their worlds are huge. Say, their next innovation, the world is smaller. <laughs> I right, but like, yeah, I could even say like the next ambition would be, and you know, Shane mentioned this, and I don't discredit him for like saying this because I would agree with him. I would love to see a game do this, which is. I'd love to see a game where the world was smaller but way more denser. And I think we all could agree on that. We don't have a game like that because scope sells. Uh, I was uh, sort of hoping Cyberpunk was going to be more like that. Yeah. 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 But no, it ended up being just like your typical average open world <laughs> game. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, aside from the novelty or whatever, because like how much would you act? I was like, how much would I actually enjoy it? A, a movie or a, a game where every door actually went somewhere like and and well and like I'm that's like, a real question like like that the... like i'm like i have a shotgun and that is a 28 dollar home depot door i can get through there why aren't you letting me get through the, like yeah like, i think uh it, like how much it, would you actually enjoy if it was like it's the broom closet it would be all dependent on, uh, like, like the yeah. the like all the other elements, right? Exactly, exactly, exactly. So without like a, I understand like without a purpose, that could seem kind of really mundane or annoying. Like, oh, every single door can be opened. I'm actually literally like a normal human being going to have to look for that <laughs> cell phone or that piece of like in it, like ah, oh. like, and someone who would have to model all those things over, which was fine. Like, I think that would be really cool in the right used properly like yeah. beyond the tech demo of like yes we've modeled this entire suburban neighborhood literally everything kind of like they did with that matrix demo that was yeah. closer to what we we're describing which is like mm -hmm. high fidelity way more dense all that kind of stuff liam you haven't talked in a while what, what, what's your thoughts on everything so far uh, i mean i generally agree with you guys um i, I would also say that um you sort of uh, mentioned it earlier, like with uh, new controllers, there's new ways to play games. Everything's digital these days. You don't even need to put a disc in your console, you know? Uh, innovations like Game Pass are changing the way that people play video games, how they engage with them. Maybe they're more willing to try new things because they just have access to a huge library of whatever they like, you know? It's... Um, um, and then I, I think as well, like um, to say there's no innovation in video games is just ignoring all of the achievements in indie games over the past 10 years. You know, so some of the stuff that is in indie games is stuff that you thought, I never thought a game could do something like this. And, and you know, <laughs> some of these genres are, are like based off of games that we used to play back in the 90s. And they're doing completely new different things to anything you would have expected to play in the 90s send you a saga and, and best even... audio it, exactly sacrifice yeah, the sorry, audio send you a sacrifice <laughs> yeah. not not to mention um i think it's an innovation that people can even make games like indie games so easily these days you know you can just meet up with a bunch of people who believe in your project and you can all just develop the thing it'll take you a while but then you can just publish it online and it's good to go. And millions of people throughout the world can just play it like that. And they don't need a publisher's help or or anything. They just need to fund the project. And, and, and that's something that's entirely new, pretty much. Or you just need an Itch.io an account. I was going to say, like, the other thing exactly, is, or, yeah, yeah. or you just need a game that, no, that actually can make games. <laughs> well, exactly. You could just do it in Dreams or something. So the question is, what do you think is the next innovation? That's a good question. Um, well, it's interesting, right? Because um, the way that this generation of games was touted with the SSD having, having a tremendous effect on the way that games developers design games, I, I don't believe we've even reached that point yet because they really haven't been tapping into that technology as of yet um, i'm sort of excited for what what could potentially come from that um but at the same time i i think um i think the next great innovation in video games is going to be vr in a way i i think it is going to be um 
basically being uh, more greatly involved within the game that you're in. I would say, actually, for for the game to affect more than just the senses, uh, basically what you can see. You know, what what if a game can make you experience something more that that goes to more than just the the sense of seeing. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what I wonder about. No, like, and I, I think that is true. Um, for a guy who's had significant, what's, uh, I have a lot of experience on VR hardware outside of gaming, or at least yeah. outside outside of the cons, like the consumer stuff, like PSVR or the Quest Two. Um, like I worked with, or not worked with, but used a lot of the older things, and and I really loved it and thought thought it was great. But in a way, to me, the uh, the ab- actual absolute game changer is like like something, and this is probably maybe even outside the scope of my lifetime, but something yeah, as un- unintrusive as a pair of glasses that overlay something on your world. like, And it's like something that you literally forget you're wearing and, like, and have an experience and stuff like that. And like, and so I think that is the, that type of change is like the actual, um, in a way, when I was thinking of their, um, industries where the innovation was something that actually not killed your industry, but completely changed it over to something new. Um, that's the type of, I think is the next like gigantic step is where we aren't using these 27-inch computer panels or something. We're not using a normal flat monitor or TV to enjoy our video games. And it's the norm to not be using a wall-mounted TV or a computer to monitor to play your video games. When things have changed over to like everyone's personal thing, and I can say, like, oh, you want to try this game, and we both link in like very quickly or near instantaneously and start sharing that world or we're watching TV on, we all just have our glasses or whatever with the virtual TV displayed inside. Like stuff, stuff like that is going to be the change that I'm like, that's the gigantic leap. But until then it's going to be the minutia innovations, like people writing different books or different narratives or other things like that. Or, um, Cause I don't see like, like, cause uh, they had the discussion about like, Oh, increased AI, increased better. AI. I'm like, most people actually don't want someone as smart as a real person <laughs> hunting them down in a video. Game. I'm sorry. Like you say you want that, but no, you don't. Because I guarantee you, if that person is digital and acts like a real person and you're a human who's having to use this, a real person's going to win. And like, and you won't be happy. You're gonna say this stuff is too hard. And I'm like, no, it's just actually real. <laughs> and to be honest, AIs have innovated. It it's yes, just it's have. just they're fucking complicated, man. Yeah, I I can't tell you how complicated AI is in this industry. Like yeah. these guys are smart as hell. Many of these guys write books. But many of these people, not guys, because there are men and women that do the, do this job. Um, many, Royal guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I meant people. Um, but uh, big, the, there are people that have written like college textbooks. They, these people are smart as hell. Like, it's not, it's not for the lack of like, they're like, well, why aren't they smarter than that? It's that we want to make the game fun for the player. <laughs> right. And so like, if we do make them too smart, that's why we have hard modes. Like if you if you're like, oh, what happened to the smart AI? Go play the harder modes of games, and then you can tell me the AI is not better, right? So yeah. um, take all those stealth games and turn off like visual cones. Like, I mean, <laughs> like, seriously, if we wanted real people to like look, not if you want a real visual cone of like an actual person, a stealth game would be near impossible. Well. You, you know, Mitch, I think that's a great example. Um, in like, some if way. If you think... Yes. In some way. If you, in yeah. other words, you'd be like, you'd be like, how did that person miss it? Like, like, 
how did I miss my son walking by my feet behind, like, literally, he's, like, I have all the eyes of a human, and he was not trying to stealth, but he stealthed right past me. Right. I'm like, where did he go? It's, a, it, it's like, by chance, it's like, there is human instincts that we have as people that, like, <laughs> is on the run. Um, but uh, there's, like, things we have to do by instinct, and... There's things, note, there's things like pulling this off of a table. Oh God. <laughs> and, uh, uh, it was a, for our audio listeners, it was a, a coffee mug on a really nice thing. And neither of a them large looked... piece of brass. Yeah. That my son was dragging towards his own. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, what I'm basically trying to say is like, you know, there is things that are just unexplainable, um, not unexplainable, but like, for example, the reason why you couldn't see your son was because you were so gazed into the podcast and there's something, attention span and attention span can affect how much you're seeing in vision. That's something you can't just build into an AI, right? Like, and then Very easily and, at all. I mean, you could kind of build it into an AI, but the complicated part about that is what makes games enjoyable to players is predictive in, in some instances, in most instances, is can you predict the AI? Can you, it, it's like trying to solve a puzzle. Like humans aren't puzzles. That's the problem. Like it's, we're not simple, we're not simple puzzles you can just put together and understand, right? Like each of us are unique, different, have our strengths and weaknesses, all that kind of stuff. You want it, you want in a game something to be somewhat predictable for a player to figure out because then you get an aha moment, which is satisfying for the player so that they can continue on playing and enjoy their time, right? If you make it too complicated that they don't understand it, what's what's your first reaction? Your first reaction is like, this fucking sucks. This game is awful. Like, they're stupid. Like, what the hell are they doing? Like, I'm an idiot. Uh, this is too hard. I'm going to put the game down and walk away. And that's not what a good game does, right? It's like, it's just, there is a limitation to what we need to do here. Like, right? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I, I thought um, of a, a great example um, in terms of AI. Like, if you go back and play, say, like Uncharted 2 from 2009, I think it was, and you play that game on hard mode, and you're just like, um, how, why am I good at this game? How, how am I beating it? It's because I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm overcoming the laser-like accuracy of the of, of the computer characters, you know, they're just aiming directly towards your head, you know. <laughs> yeah. It just makes it more difficult. Three you shots, know? you're and dead like, type concept. Exactly, exactly. And, and it's like, how do I buff, how do I get around this? How do I use the level design to my advantage and, and do things that no human should probably be able to do, <laughs> you know? But then I play The Last of Us Part Two on hard mode. It's like, Oh, well, I'm getting a level of satisfaction I've never gotten from a game because I'm actually outsmarting the enemy. I, I'm not. I'm not using the game systems against it. I'm using the game systems as they're meant to be used to outsmart AI. That that yeah, they can kill you easier. But the 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 reason you feel the sense of accomplishment is because they are harder to deal with. They outsmart you. They ambush you. They get around you, and come up behind you when you least expect it. Also, I like, like that for me is the biggest innovation. Yeah, and I think I would say an example like in The Last of Us Part Two, if you're throwing like a brick, and you're throwing it to the other side of the map to like get their attention, that is what you want them to do as the player. That's why you're throwing the brick. So like, if you throw it and they go, "Oh, I saw the brick was thrown in that direction," then what was the point of throwing the damn brick, right? Like, yeah, yeah. like what? Your 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 whole point of throwing the brick is lost, and then the player gets angry. And then they don't want to yeah. play because the game is stupid, right? It's like yeah, if the like, game didn't do what I wanted it to do, that's what that's 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 the that's yeah. the difficulty of making video games. It's like, like, like as well as they've done like some of the Call of Duty stuff or whatever, um, like like different night vision levels or whatever, like where you're using a laser all the time because I actually have a pair of night vision goggles, and so it's like I can actually tell you about this like. You never would use your laser at all times because you know what? Anyone else who has night vision sees this long blue string <laughs> right back 
to where you are. And so like, and so there's all these different things that if you actually made it realistic, you're actually doing super dumb stuff in that game. And the real people who do that stuff would not do that. Um, like, so there, yeah, but just like the, the thing with the brick and I was thinking about it from the other side and I'm like, I've thrown a brick into the yard. And if the yard is kind of soft, you really don't hear that brick land. <laughs> yeah. That's actually a bad distraction. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Like, did I like step heavy? <laughs> like, like, I'm like, do you have to like throw five bricks or make sure it smashes against a piece of like a uh, galvanized steel or something? <laughs> like, and, and here's uh. the, here's the last element I'll throw in there to like, as a one who works in games, uh, is, you know, there are many people that would be like, well, I really want a game that like simulates the real thing. And it's like, you are a small, small, small group out of the many that don't want that. And to be honest, these games have to sell. <laughs> like we, like we, we do, we make them out of love, but they do have to sell. And like, yeah, yeah. you have to appeal to as many people as possible. And so like, cool. if you want a real simulator, you make it. Go make it. Go make it yourself, and then find out how many people actually will buy it. Because I'm telling you right now, I wouldn't buy one. <laughs> hey, oh, you want to do you want to do boneworks? That's awesome. Yeah. That, that's really cool. And people might be able to use stuff like that for the future. But you're not going to have a eight million seller, a ten million seller for boneworks for all all sorts of economical reasons. Yeah, like these. Oh. Yeah, they they have to be fun. Like that's what the point of games is. Like we want you to enjoy yourself. You could be depressed while you're doing it, and I, I understand because it's so rough on the story and stuff like that. But in the end, games are satisfying and enjoyable in some uh, capacity. They are, an, I, I, they are an I know exactly what you're medium. talking about. You, you made me have a flashback to when I was still in school. And um, and some person was going, yeah, the games aren't realistic. I wish there were more games that were more realistic. And I was like, uh, when you play Operation Flashpoint, you know, it's like that's what's missing from your first-person shooter. These people that they say, "Oh, I want this, I want that," and then they never buy the games that are like that, and they don't sell. People stop making them, and they just go away. <laughs> yeah, and there's some games that are actually legitimate, like simulators that do really well, like Flight Simulator. Mm -hmm. And you actually can like learn how to actually fly a plane off a of Flight Simulator. Like that's impressive. Like that's yeah. that's that's innovative. Like you and literally can learn how to fly a plane with a simulator. <laughs> and and even as well as like last of us part two has done it from some of the clips i've seen because i haven't played it um you don't want life accurate reproductions of the trauma that a blade a blunt instrument a gun really really does to a person and how often you actually haven't killed them and the noises that they are making while they are not dead and stuff like like you actually don't want like someone's like death snus film of a video game or if you do please seek some help like that is <laughs> that is not something to be pursued in a way like it's meant to be fun that's like in a way for me i enjoy the fantastical of a video game because it's something i couldn't experience in real life well, that's why like tv shows movies and even video games like the audio of the sounds of weapons and guns are not realistic like the like in in some capacity in regards to like I mean, it, when it, it if you throw a blunt instrument you don't get this whooshing sound like if i throw a blade in the air i just don't hear anything because a blade doesn't really make a sound in the air very much is if it's a very well-made blade you do get you can get a, but not, but, but, but it's not, not to the extent it's, of a it's video not like game. a, like, it's just like the, the noises you hear are not as realistic as they actually are in real life. Like there is a reason why if you watch like, and like, if you see on the news and they show a video of like, unfortunately you'll hear, see a lot of this in America, but mass, a mass shooting of some kind, the sound of a, of a pistol does not sound the same as if I was playing it on a video game. Like they do sound different. Yep. And even most audio equipment can't actually capture 
even that sound really well because it'll blow out mics and other things like like, mm -hmm. like it is a loud sound like there's yeah. a reason i wear two levels of protection on my ears when i go to the gun range like right it's loud it's not pleasant like you do it's build like, sure yeah. it's you'll break your ears like <laughs> yeah be careful it'll damage you so any other innovations that you think would be the future i i think i, I th well back to your point uh mike i think i think you're right about the innovation and i think i think the innovation will happen not just in the games industry for like that type of a jump it ha it have to happen for television and movies as well like it, yeah. Yeah. it is it it will be a groundbreaking change of our way of life in general yeah it'll be a subset of a massive technological change for everything people as a whole yeah 100% um i i'm a full abundance and agreeance with you on that one that it's not will not just change games it will change everything oh real quick real quick one innovation that we take for granted right now is um look how much hardware and space dedicated and things you needed even 5 10 and definitely 15 20 years ago to have a certain type of experience. Whereas now a days, sure, visually the experience hasn't changed, but I now have entire cat or have the option to have entire catalogs of a past generations of games in my pocket, accessible and play like think think of the like even though we we snub our noses at them, like the Call of Duty mobile and stuff like that. Like I downloaded it and played it, I'm like Holy crap, like this is almost as good as Call of Duty 4 that I had to run on my PC was mm -hmm. like 12 years ago. And I have it on something like on something less thick than a protein bar. Like that's insane. That's insane. Or, we take, or you could we take just it for play credit. it through the cloud. You could just play it through the cloud as well. Yeah, uh, like whichever. Yeah, like like I don't even need the heart. Like I can go even thinner, lighter, svelter, stronger, faster, whatever, um, and do it through my internet connection. But that type of uh, change is something that we take for granted now. That the scale, like people snub like the switch or whatever. But like, if you say if you had the switch ten years ago, like what the heck? Well, in a way we kind of did because it's like the NVIDIA shield, like just kind of repurposed or whatever. But, um, but the way it's being used and just the, uh, the scale of what you can do, um, on like in a way, PC gaming is in a way got more expensive than I would say like a generation ago, but almost at any other type of comparable experience has gotten so, so much cheaper. Oh, sorry about that. <laughs> All right. Any That's funny. any final thoughts on innovation in the industry before we go? I uh, I was just like my, uh, my my dad actually had an Nvidia Shield. Uh, <laughs> I can tell you for sure there was nothing quite even close to approximating um, the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild on there when that launched. Fair enough. Fair which enough. Is, which is really funny to think about, quite frankly. Actually, I'm gonna end it on this. What do you think has been the most in innovative game? since the original dead space oh mm. it, it, it's hard uh, to to parse out innovative versus impactful um, off the top of my head i'm thinking of red dead redemption 2 but in what way sure those, those controls man um immerse um being immersed in an experience i would say in terms of red dead redemption 2 you know, of, of, a re of a realized world, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You just hear the birds chirping, and oh man, it's just you know, it's sort of like if I could buy a cottage and settle down in this world, I would. <laughs> the 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 cabaret dancers never being in sync with each other. Yeah, because yeah. real cabaret dancers would never be perfectly in sync with each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or passing the dude on the street, he just sort of mutters something nasty under his breath. It's like, oh my god, that happened. To me the other day in real life <laughs> um i would say uh hellblade that audio okay. was something that is just never experienced in a game and you know 
3D audio on PS5 seems to be getting very close to getting to that kind of style. Um, but still, I, I have not witnessed a game with that type of audio. And that that's, was like that's a, a really good one. And that was like a double A game. So like a triple A indie budget game. Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, I'm, I'm trying to think about... It wasn't about, people saying that, because it wasn't just the sound. There was also the fact that that game helped people understand what it was like to be a victim of that mental illness. But I don't know if that's technically innovative. That's just good I mean, story. Is, I think that's it, just good. You could, you could say that's empathy from... I'm sorry, it's, it's innovation in empathy. I think it's, it's, a, it's definitely a unique I, utilization I, of the medium, but I, 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 I'm yeah. not sure if we call it uh, innovative, just underutilized. Yeah, what I, mean, I would yeah, what I would say I would say it's good storytelling using the innovation of the audio to emphasize the story and how important yes, something that would be like a because like it type would, of... I don't think it would have worked without that audio, and I think that's what the most important thing, and that's the thing that was actually innovative compared to like not trying to like I don't disagree that like with you say the fact that like it did open that medium to that those people i just don't think that is innovative on itself i Ooh, think i i i i wasn't i i'm sort of just making that point along with the audio and because of the audio it's more like just just somebody being able to understand what it must be like to to like say be schizophrenic or have bipolar just just through the uh an audio visual experience you know i, I think that mm. says a lot about what video games can do are capable you know, of versus exactly, like yeah. you like you could have gotten dialogue and or writing to that point with some previous generations of stuff but you definitely like and there there would have been someone like oh i understand more but you would not have as fully understood it say back on a super nintendo or PlayStation One or Two uh, would have been very difficult to convey the same type of thing that um, Hellblade did with what it did. Um, <clears throat> mine is less on that. Like, I'm trying to think of things that like had an impact and made me. Here, I, I'll say this because it was the game most requested by my friends to borrow again. Um, I would actually say uh, the Ratchet and Clank for PS5 is not. I'm not. I can say the most innovative, but it's the one that I can actually remember and and pull and talk about. Is that yes, it was a throwback to older Ratchet and Clanks or whatever, but the speed at which you were able to get into that game, do things in that game combined with what they did with the DualSense controller and stuff just made a lot of my friends... It was one thing that made a lot of my friends who were kind of... They love video games, play a lot of games, like play a bunch on PC, but hadn't really gotten anything past a, maybe a PS3. Like, they're like, yeah, I'm fine or whatever. Like, I'll play some of my old games or whatever. But playing a PS... Uh, playing Ratchet and Clank on the PS5, they're like, I may need to get a new system. Like, it was something that was so different to them and so well done and snappy and, like, uh, reactful with the controller that they were like, oh, this is actually different. This is a big leap. I may actually have to invest in a new video game console now. Whereas stuff for the PS4, they're like, oh, it's PS3, but prettier, which is fair. Or X Xbox X or Xbox One X or something like, oh, it's like Xbox, but more greener like like it there wasn't much going on there but that was something that they're like oh i could get into this okay well thank you gentlemen for joining we are pixel pines and just a reminder we switch we stream live on twitch.tv slash pixel pines every single weekend if you want to know what we're up to just follow us on twitter at pixel underscore pints or you follow us on Instagram, where we just post fun things at Pixel Pines Pod. All episodes are archived here on twitch.tv slash pixelpines and YouTube. Just look up Pixel Pines, and we're on podcasting services around the globe. We're every single weekend, so we will see you next weekend. Thank you for joining me, guys. And uh, as Burkoff would say, and we're out.
Plug right into my neural network and make me experience it like because like we watch youtube videos at 1.5 speed 1.75 speed like i kind of get that for video game experiences so i can get it all but in a shorter amount of time 